Welcome to the first episode of the C. McGee Show. I, this was previously the Get Thinking podcast. Um, I decided to rebrand it. Uh, I wanted to do this earlier in the year, but just due to business conditions, I've been absolutely up to my eyes. But I really wanted to get this right for you guys. I wanted to get the guests right. I wanted to get the vibe right. I wanted to get the questions right. And I wanted to get the value right. You know, I'm, I'm interviewing quite a lot of great people. Um providing everything from business tips to you know personal development tips uh, and beyond and mindset and all that sort of stuff so I wanted to make sure that I got the right guests on um, but thank you very much and I apologize for the wait for episode one but welcome today the first episode of the new C. McGee show is going to be Victoria McMahon who's the owner of McMahon Commercial Cleaning so we talk about systemizing and pros sorry putting systems and processes into a cleaning business into a service-based business so a lot of valuable tips here about mindset about lifestyle about how to start documenting your processes how to get the back end office stuff correct um so yeah really great episode victoria is an absolute gem she's just she's funny um great person to be around just has mad mad energy on linkedin so yeah i hope you guys all enjoy the first episode let me know how it goes and we will be speaking to you soon Welcome to the C. McGee Show, where we have real conversations about business, mindset, and personal development. Here's your host, Chris McGee. Welcome back. Oh, <laughs> I'll cut that bit out. Welcome back to the right. first episode of my new podcast. And I am delighted. I'm really excited to have again uh, Victoria McMahon on. Welcome, Victoria. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. Um, I'm actually very honored and privileged to be asked to be your first um, podcaster. And this is actually my first ever podcast. And um, that's been, you know, that's. When you first told me that, I was so shocked because, like, you're always on LinkedIn, you're always putting out content. I was shocked that nobody's ever. Have you ever been asked on a podcast before? Do you know something? I have been asked. I have actually been asked to go on podcasts. I've been asked to team up with other um, other people in the cleaning industry, and basically during during the whole COVID. Um, pandemic I was very 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 military on on what I was saying yes to and what I was saying no to so I I had my my head down and I was like no I have an end goal in sight and I'm not taking on anything that's going to distract me from that so um I had been saying no consistently so whenever you asked me I think it was because you said I was going to be your first so I was like okay yes <laughs> <laughs> yes I'll go with that Dude, uh, and do you know what? That's something I want to talk about later. Mindset, you know, keeping focus and stuff. But why don't you just start by telling everybody who you are, what your business is, and what you're all about? Okay, so my business is called Spring Clean, and I've been running it for the last 17 and a half years. And we're a cleaning company based in County Down, Northern Ireland. 
and we've been basically going for a very very long time but we do believe that we are probably the most reputable cleaning business in northern ireland and when i say probably we could probably take out the word probably yeah <laughs> i would be i would be that confident chris we are very we're very high end and um, we're very high end cleaning and we offer a very niche service to our clients and um i don't really know what else to say no, that, that, look you believe you've got to believe it before you've got to believe it before anybody else believes it and I, I really believe we're doing the same thing. I feel we're the best. And it comes when it comes to sales, who was I think it was Gary V said something that really resonated with me. He's like, don't convince, have conviction. You know, if you've got yeah. conviction in what you're selling and what your business is, then you're never going to have to convince anybody because they'll be convinced with your conviction. That makes sense. So Absolutely. it's something, uh, something that, I, you know, you've really got to believe it first. So awesome. Um, so uh, let's talk a bit about mindset or let's talk a bit about your business. First of all, I remember the last time we spoke, you spoke about completing your business. So what do you mean by that for anybody who's listening with a cleaning business or a local services business? Okay. So basically we have been going for a very, very long time and the company has been basically, it's been like a roller coaster. It's been up and it's been down and about two years ago, I decided that, you know, something I need to work on finishing off my business because mm-hmm. the business solely relied on me. And to be honest, Chris, I, I'll happily do probably the work of about four people in the company. And I do everything from hiring staff to training them, the health and safety, you know, purchasing the stock, price and work, rotas, wages, HR, absolutely everything. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think everybody knows that you are too busy to be sick. So sick days are just known, you know, they, they just don't happen in, in your company. And I thought, you know, I am the business. And if I want to grow and I want to scale up the company, mm-hmm. then I need, to, I need to take myself out of the business. I need to make myself redundant and I need to finish off the business. So I decided two years ago that I give myself a deadline. I think it was at the end of last year that the company would fully run without me. Yeah. And unfortunately, with COVID and stuff, that wasn't the case. And I just put I put the I put the, the goal date back. But I have been spending the entire time being really, really focused on trying to outsource my tasks. So it was trying to decide what I did and putting my work into some sort of structure. So a lot of things I do, I do off the cuff. You know, mm-hmm. I run the business in my head. So what I needed to do was transfer that information from my head into paper. And I needed to create processes and systems. And it was basically systemizing everything I did from my head, but putting it onto paper format so that I was then able to delegate my jobs onto other people. And that's what I've been doing for at least a year, I would say. And that's all I was kind of focused on was just trying to put that process into place and make sure that the business was finished. So I'm nearly there. I'm not quite there. And it seems to be the closer I get, there's just a little bit more that needs to be done. So, you know, it it always it seems to be like a rollover. There's always stuff that's adding on to that. I, do you know what? I completely agree. And <laughs> the more I think I remove myself, even just a little bit, it doesn't, it never seems to be. 
Sorry, my mom's just gonna <laughs> <laughs> oh, second. Sorry, Chris. It's okay, it's all right. Oh, okay. Sorry, Chris. I think I've just Thank blew you. two plugs trying to plug a light in there. Um, Lovely. So yeah, uh, no, look, I completely agree. Every time I think I've created a bit of time, there's always more needs done. And it's it's the, probably the most challenging part about running a business. I mean, everybody, everybody, nobody really thinks about it until they're told about it. You know, you're, you're just working day and day and day and day and day, and you're just constantly, there's more tasks, the more staff you get, there's more tasks, the more clients you get, there's more tasks. And then I just think people, people just have an out, like a, they don't want to let go of control and they don't, and whereas I'm the other way around, I'm happy to let go of control and just let people make mistakes and then, you know, tweak the process as we go. But yes. um, I find it definitely one of the most challenging things that I'm finding doing. But again, I'm chipping away at it too. You know, just creating, just taking each little thing, one process at a time. You know, we're starting with the movers, the removals guys. Um, everything from recruitment right through to the actual on-the-job training from how to deal with customers. And, and then we're going to move on to the office because that's just a little bit easier at the minute. And it's easier for me to manage because I can do it so quickly now. But it'll yes. be the next stage. Um, but I think getting the movers sorted first and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on. But again, there's just that much happening. Sometimes you, you, you find it difficult to get a minute and it's definitely not within my skill set, but it's something I know I have to do. And I'm sure it's something you knew you had to do as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think as business owners, it's funny because you spend, you spend at the start of the business, you're reluctant to say yes to work and then you constantly say yes to work and then you're saying yes to work so much that then you, you forget how to say no to work. <laughs> and then it takes a long time to say no, because you have to, you have to at one point, I think, draw the line to say, right, okay, you know, if, if I'm so busy in my business, you know, I'm never, I'm never going to be able to work all my business. And that's what I find that when it, when you're so involved in the day-to-day -day running of the company, you know, you can't, it's very, very hard to take a step back because you have so much control and you know when you're on a job, things are going to go perfect and you know the flow and you know your team and you know everything inside out. And it's taken, it's taken that leap of faith, I think, that leap of faith of stepping back and saying, right, okay, I want my team to... You know, I want my team to take on more of a role and I want them to grow with the company and it's really really hard whenever whenever you know you can do something in maybe three times the speed of what somebody else can do it and you have to you know you have to let them you know let them take ownership of the task and let them you know let them grow at, at their pace and it does take it does take time I mean I wish I had started doing it 10 years ago you know yeah. but um maybe it wasn't ready maybe you know that maybe that was my own personal um journey and maybe it took it took me to be in business 15 years before i could say right okay this is this is what i need to do now yeah and which part like let, let's talk about like small businesses just for a second which part did you find the hardest to to create processes around and create systems around was it like a particular area? Was it the, the training of the cleaners? Was it the HR? Was it the, the, the rotas? Or, or which one was it? In what way are you saying hardest to delegate that task how, over? Yeah, hardest to sort of put down in their process and pass on. 
You see, processes for me come really, really easy. I am very, very, you know, I'm very, very methodical in, mm-hmm. in, how, I, in how I operate. My biggest problem was that I would say I started skimming, right? Mm-hmm. And because I was doing so many tasks, I have three, three kids as well. Um, so I'm a, I'm a mompreneur. So because <laughs> I'm juggling so many things at one time, I found, Chris, what was happening was I was skimming for a very, very long time. So although I started off really, really well in the business, maybe for the first maybe three to five years, I found after that I started then not putting so much effort into a task because we grew. And as we grew, you know, there, there was there was less time for me. And then what happened was I then was failing in my, my day-to-day system. So my systems were not as airtight as what they should have been. Because if you don't have a foundation in place to begin with, and even if you do have a foundation and if you slip away from that and you start you know you you don't follow through all your processes because you're 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 time poor then what happens is you'll come to a certain point where you're then having to backtrack so you're then having to backdate everything that you've been skimming on you know for for a long period of time so that's basically what I had to do Mm -hmm. whenever I was 15 years in business I had to sit and go right okay you know where where are my weaknesses you know, where, where am I failing on? You know, what 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 systems have I in place that I'm not following through on? So I had to go in and repair those. So once I repair those, I could then look at the things that I was doing without a system. So even though there were things that I, tasks I would have been carrying out, it, it, it wasn't broke down, but I would have been able to follow that system to perfection because I knew the flaws. I knew what would happen if I didn't do a certain thing. So yeah, I had to I had to tidy up my 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 written processes, which were the company's foundation. And then what I had to do is I had to go in and take the processes in my head and basically put that into, you know, put that into a written format. So it was it was it was easy. It was easy enough to do. The hardest part of that, I found probably would have been time, would have been mm-hmm. getting the time and basically being able to sit down and say, right, okay, you know, I'm doing the wages, but I need to actually write down the whole process of how I do the wages. So I found that that took longer than what I thought it would have. It was if I had been very, very disciplined from the very, very start, you know, I could have maybe had my whole company systemized at a very, very early age, Mm -hmm. but I don't know whether all business owners do that or whether, you know, it's the norm that, that, you know, that that's what happens. You just get too busy and you start working inside the business. I mean, I didn't, I didn't bring on staff to help me, office staff to help me really until the last couple of years, which is Mm -hmm. something I really should have did at the start. And I think possibly my biggest problem was, is that I love paperwork. I love finance. I love admin. You know, I absolutely love it, Chris. So say whenever you do something that you really, really love, it's hard to give that over to somebody else. So that was a huge struggle for me because my background is finance and admin. That's what I worked in before I started Spring Clean, you know, 17 years ago. So I found it really, really difficult, but I've had to give myself a good rocket and say, you know, I can't do everything and I'm not doing everything a hundred percent. So I, I have to give it, I have to hand it over. I have to give the reins over. If I want the company to be big, if I want the company to be successful, it won't be, it'll only grow as far as I can take it and I can't take it any further. So I need mm-hmm. to, I need to bring people on board. I need, I need a strong admin team the same way as I've got a strong 
cleaning team and that's that's been a huge challenge letting yeah. go letting go and um trusting someone to work with me and 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 trusting them that they can do their job and trusting them with the information has been yeah has been the biggest the biggest challenge for me yeah do you know what we're, it's something that, that we're going through at the minute uh, just as you say office and admin staff it's something that I'm actually surprisingly good at, but something I really don't like to do. Like I can be very diligent when I've got the time and I've got the, the focus, but I know that there's somebody out there who's going to be far better at me than running the office. I just know it. So we're preparing at the moment to try and, to, to try and well, we actually need to move premises first of all, before, because before, I'm not going to get good staff in where we are now. So we're trying to move premises. Um, it, it's next on the cards and you do you need a strong back end team as, you, as well as you do front end team because like there's there's only you need to stick to what you're good at and i know that i love sales and i love marketing and i want to spend the majority of my time creating more content but i just cannot get the time and the headspace to get it done yes. um, but yeah I, I completely agree and I just wanted to go back to what you said at the start, you know, when you were saying about your, your company being, you know, probably not probably the best, but you're <laughs> thinking about the best. So that yes. obviously means you've got a really high standard of how you want things done. So how did you get to that point where you were like, right, we, if we want to be the best, we have to raise our standards. And how did you communicate that to your team? Well, basically, I remember when I first started the company, I always had an end vision of being a multinational business you know mm-hmm. i start even though i started small i always knew where i wanted the company to be so what we try to do was we try to do things differently and um, i the reason why i went into the cleaning industry was because i felt chris there was a there was an awful um there was an awful gap in the market for clean a cleaning company who provided high high-end cleaning you know, who, who, who supply people who loved what they did, who they were treated really, really well, um, who were trained, you know, who knew how to do their job and, and did it really, really effectively. So you're talking 17 years ago when cleaning was not trendy, way before Mrs. Hinch, way before um, Marie Kondo, you know, before, <laughs> before, before, tra- before cleaning got trendy. And I wanted to do something different. I wanted to create a company that people love to work in. So in order to create a company that people love to work in, you had to, first of all, treat them really, really well. But also you had to make sure they were confident in their job, make mm-hmm. sure that they were given you know, a full training program, make sure that they always had the right cleaning equipment. So whenever we first started, we introduced a full training program with the team. So when they started, they had an induction into the company they had a little bit of health and safety training and then they were trained on how to clean so every single person that came on board the company with us had a well it was up to a full week training um with right. ourselves before they were even placed out into out into the out, out to a client but obviously whenever you first start the business you do lots of things and you make lots of mistakes and you kind of learn your lessons so a huge problem that we had in what we did was that we were probably too good and we were probably given too much training because sometimes someone would have came on board to work with us and they would have you know they would have came and worked with me alongside me for a full week and then afterwards they would have said do you know something Vicky um I don't think it's really for me can I have my week's pay and I was like 
oh my goodness, I've just spent a whole week of my life, you know, training you to become a professional cleaner. And, you know, I've worked alongside you and you're just basically looking a week's pay and you're leaving. So obviously we had to, we had to alter our training. We had to, you know, we had to make changes to um, how we vetted our applications, you know, for people coming on board, yeah. you know, um, even our contracts that we had with our clients, we found at the start what happened was a lot of clients would have got me in and I would have devised a cleaning order for them, which would have been a time planner specific for their home, which was absolutely fantastic. And then maybe they had one of our team in for a short period of time and they'd say, actually, do you know something we're going to cancel now? So I would have spent all that time of putting somebody in place for them and I would have created this fabulous rota that they could have used, you know, for, for, for future um, references on down the line with their own private cleaners. So there was loads of things that we had to do at the start that we had to, we had to make improvements just to, just to basically cover ourselves. Chris, mm -hmm. I think whenever, mm -hmm. at, whenever I first started the company, I was very, very open. Um, a lot of people took advantage of my um, inexperience you know, and my naivety in terms of business. And then obviously over the years, we, we improved in that, but we always set out to be the best. That was, that was, that was always the main aim. And I think for us, maybe it was, I'm not sure when it was, it was maybe, it was maybe six years ago, maybe seven years ago, where we decided, you know something, we are going to make our company niche. Okay, mm -hmm. you know, we, there was, there was a lot of companies that were starting up, a lot of cleaning companies were, were then coming, you know, coming to fruition. And I decided, you know, something like what we're really good at is we're really good at being very, very detailed. We're really yeah. good at high end cleaning. We're very, very meticulous. And I hate negative, I hate negative feedback. I would have priced, I would have priced the job. I would have brought in the team. We would have did the job. I would have checked the job, but I was happy with the job. I would have, I would have collected the money. I never took deposits and I never got paid up front. And I always said that we would put our reputation before profit. So we had, we cleaned for a lot of, a lot of contractors, building contractors. And sometimes what would happen is we would come in and price the house and say, they said, okay, if I said, I give them a price and say, okay, it would take, it would take three to four people to clean the house. They'd maybe come back and say, no, our budget is we only want two people to clean the house. So we would go in and there'd be two people and they'd be really busting, busting their socks off to try and get the house completed. Yeah. And it wouldn't be completed to our standard. And I knew that they were being put under pressure. And then I knew as well, if somebody else had come in and had a look at their, and had a look at the cleaning, and thought right okay spring cleans come in spring cleans done this job but look they've missed x y and z i it, it didn't really sit well with me and i think the icing on the cake was one time we had got a phone call apparently there was there was a person who had moved into their home and the person who had sold their house had told them they had got us in to clean and they yeah, hadn't yeah. And I thought, oh my goodness, people are actually using our name now because we have such a good reputation for cleaning and letting on that we're cleaning the house when we didn't. And then I thought, how many times has that happened before? How many times have we have we went into a house and done a budget clean for somebody? So if we went in and somebody has said, okay, it's going to be, it's going to be 500, sorry, <laughs> My, my office is really busy tonight. It's going to be £500 to clean your home. And they have said, yeah. listen, we only really want to spend £300. So we would have before in the past been in and did a £300 clean. 
But then I thought, how many times have we left then? And then someone has said, oh, we paid spring clean to come in and clean your house. And I thought, well, if we're putting our name to anything, it has to be the whole shebang. It has to be all or nothing. So we decided, no, we're going to be focusing on niche. We're going to do, we're going to do a full deep clean or else we're not going to do the job at all. If we're putting our name to anything, it will be done our way and it will be done right. Do you know what? I, I completely agree with that. And it just what a, what a great answer as well about standards. Um, I, I love that, really did. I, we're, we're exactly the same. You know, people would tell us their budget and, and I'm happy to tell people no now. I'm happy to go, look, it's not, we, we don't want to, we don't, like we, we know what we're offering for hourly rate and like, well, look, we, we can do that, but it's going to be for the same rate. So you might as well yeah. take all the, you might as well take all the bells and whistles that go with it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's surprising to me and do you know what? It's the it's the ones that you reduce the price for, and it's the ones that you do the budget the budget clean or the budget move. In our case, they're the ones that always want the most. They're the ones that are always demanding. Yes. They're the ones that always complain, and and that, like that's fine. But I can spot them a mile away now, and we don't really want to put our name to something as well that that that's not done to a high standard. Um, when we price a job, you know, we're pricing everything from furniture assembly to disassembly you know, to clothes being packed in wardrobe boxes uh, provided as part of the service, amongst a lot of little other things. So if I'm quoting a four-man team, because there's some complex disassembly and reassembly where one man is literally just going to be dismantling and reassembling furniture, and they're wondering why the price is so high, and then they say, look, another company's quoted us for a three-man team, but it doesn't include disassembly, or it doesn't include reassembly on the other side, and I'm like, well, that's kind of where the fourth man is coming from. So you might yes. be paying an extra couple hundred pounds for the move, but you're going to get all your furniture reassembled in your house and then put into a place of your choice. And it's going to be done to a high standard. And it could save you potentially three or four nights after work putting together your, your furniture. So it's one of those things. And people people don't want the service then. And some people, some people say, look, we've already disassembled it. And I'll be like, that's okay. It's still the same rate per hour but we just don't need as many people on the job and people are okay yes. with that. But I, I don't really like walking away from a job when it's not done properly. And my guys luckily are exactly the same. But it's great to have, it is so good to have that high standard. I mean, I've seen us going into properties and I always give a price beforehand. So I remember one time we went in to price a job and I didn't realize they had, they had, you know, the, uh, the bubble stuff that you have between the windows yeah. uh, you know the window frames and um the the walls i ha hadn't seen any of it whenever i priced this house and it was an absolute mansion and it literally took us a month we were in that property for a month and i i think i may have made something like 100 pounds it was very very minimal oh. but i had a team of people in that house for a whole month it was either 100 pound or 200 pound i remember it being absolutely crazy although i was lucky that i made <laughs> money and didn't lose it and i thought afterwards you know you're so lucky that i am a woman you know that stands by my word and when i give a price i stand by it because i felt that i had to take the hit because I should have looked more closely. You know, the house had been built a very, very long time ago. It was something like three or four years later 
whenever they were actually moving in and finishing it off. So obviously there was probably workmanship that was done and it wasn't completed and filled, but we had to spend so long trying to take this bubble off the frames. But at least I was able to walk away and know that I stood, you know, I, I stood by my price. You know, we did the job and we did the job well and nobody could come back and say, oh, you didn't do, you didn't do a good job. You know, um, you didn't do the job properly or, oh, don't get them and in, you know, they're not great. And to me, running the business that was more important my yeah. reputation was everything and then what I've been doing Chris basically for the last maybe six months to a year is I have been marketing our reputation yeah. I trademarked I trademarked the slogan integrity is king maybe two two years ago two and a half years ago and that's basically our marketing core it's mm -hmm. integrity is king you know whenever you hire our services it's not just that we come in and clean your home. I mean, you'll know this yourself, Chris, from being in the service industry. It's who you're putting in people's home. It's who you're bringing into somebody's office. You know, if we go into an office, it's not just about cleaning. It's about how you present yourself. It's about how you react whenever there's a complaint. It's about how you speak to somebody that you've never met before. It's how you carry yourself. If you hear something or see something, you know, how you behave, you know, with that information. So, you know, there's a lot more in the service industry than just what you're doing. It's it's anybody can go out and clean, but what we provide, and I think from listening to you and speaking to you, you guys are the same. It's the caliber of team. You know, mm -hmm. it's the people you know, it's the people who they do the job well, but it's it's people, people buy from people, you know, and that that's so important. So I have been trying to build up a really, really good team, which I have an amazing cleaning team. And I'm basically marketing, you know, that team, our team, I'm marketing them and I'm marketing, you know, our integrity in business, you know, how ethical we are, how well we treat our how well we treat our employees. You know, um, you know how much we're of a family we are, and we're trying to sell that in cleaning, which is something that really has never been sold before. Because yeah. before cleaning was always just bring somebody in. You know, they were unmotivated, untrained. You know, they probably didn't. You know, weren't happy in their work, and you know, it, it was frowned upon. Whereas we're trying our best to change the industry by just raising the standards you know really really high and I and I think I think fingers crossed that we have done that you know yeah. we certainly yeah. have we certainly have put ourselves on the map I think in in Northern Ireland absolutely uh, do you know another great answer honestly I, I the, the thing about this is the thing that, that I find about you know the difference between sort of I would like to call it like project work you know like cleaning and you know any sort of building and even removals as well it's what I would consider project work it's not like it's not like going into you know a meeting or like even a personal trainer which is an hour and that's it you know you've got you've got to price it correctly you've got to get the service right you've got to make sure that it's done to a high standard and you've got to make sure it's done on time as well so there's a lot a lot of moving parts in the price in a job and I still to this day get you know when i when i the reason i have such high standards now is because we we in the first couple of years we had so many complaints about this not being communicated and that not being communicated and and that that used to get me really really like anxious and stressed so when i started improving things started writing things down creating our terms and conditions creating our disclaimers even to this day when we get a complaint which happens very few and far between 
I'm, I'm really grateful to, to say. But now and again, of course, due to the nature of the business, you get a complaint. And I still, I still get like a, I still get hurt. But what I do is sometimes I leave, yes. I, I leave it. If I get something one day, I might leave it to the next day to respond to it because I know if I respond in that state, it may not be a good response. And you want to make sure that if somebody complains about something that you've went through the proper processes, you've made sure you've communicated your service effectively. You need to make sure you've done the right thing. And now, this is my experience, and especially in the early days, when I actually backtracked through, you know, from initial phone call right through to service being conducted, there was something that wasn't communicated to the customer. And you just have to hold your hands up and say, we fucked up there and we're, we're, we'll yeah. resolve it. And then, that, but that's how, yeah. that's, how you, that's how you build standards and then you implement it into your team. And then that's how you get better as well. And one of the things that I always say to the guys is, you know, because like I've, I've lost, not lost money, but I've broke even on a lot of jobs. And there are times where it's cost me a lot of my time to fix something, which yes. in, in my eyes is more valuable than money. But I go and do it anyway. And sometimes even the team are like, why, why did you do that? And I'm like, look, you don't understand. It's like we, we take people through a process from initial phone call right through to the day of the service. And if things aren't communicated clearly, then we don't have a leg to stand on. And we've made a promise to these people to get this done and we want to get it done. And that's just how I, I view things. Now, we've just got a really, really good process about how we do it. And communicating the strengths of your service is great, but you also have to communicate the downfalls. What if things go wrong and all that sort of stuff? So that's something I'm really clear about these days. But, you know, I kind of always say to customers, you know, we're preparing for the worst, but we're hoping for the best. So it's better that we prepare you for the worst because there's so many moving parts on moving day that can go wrong or even the day before. So at least if they're prepared for the worst and they get a great day, they're almost like, thank you very much for telling us and we're glad everything went smoothly. Yes. And, and then that's when people sing our praises online. But I do think it definitely depends. Doesn't it? it depends from the top. You know, if you, you know, I am so, I am so fussy and I'm so you know I'm so passionate about creating that um you know that reputation you know that that means more to me as you the exact same as yourself as 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 making money you know I would I would rather lose money and walk away with my you know with my um, reputation intact than you know that than have a dissatisfied customer absolutely and I think I think you have to go through you have to go through all those pitfalls. You have to go through the heartache. You have to go through the complaints, and you know you have you have you have to process that you know to be better. You know you have you have to you have to fail consistently to know right. Okay, I'll not do that again. I'll not do that again. Oh, I did this. I'll not do that again. And it does. I think I remember in the early days we had we had so many complaints in the early days. Because I remember it was so difficult to, to hire cleaning staff. I mean, we, we, when we first started the business, we were going straight into houses. We were going straight into offices. You know, we were, we were, um, we were doing regular, regular contract at work and then we were doing deep cleans as well. And, you know, I was hiring people and, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was only starting off. So I, I didn't really know much about the process, you know, um, and, and, I, and I was just finding my feet. And I'd never been in business before. I had never worked as a cleaner before. 
um, you know, and it was all, it was all, and I just had a baby, <laughs> just had a baby. <laughs> so my, my emotions were probably, and my emotions, I had baby brains, so my emotions and everything were all over the place. And I just remember it was just constantly, you would have hired someone, you would have sent them in and they weren't happy with this and they weren't happy with that. And I remember thinking, right, okay, how can I make this better? Because I can't cope. I, I, I can't cope with the negativity. You know, I can't cope with people saying that I'm not good. If I'm doing something, I need to be the best at it or I'm not doing it, you know? Yeah. And I remember at one stage saying, right, okay, people are unhappy, right? Why are they unhappy? They're unhappy with the cleaning. But how do I know if this person did a good job? How do I know if, if the client is expecting too much or how do I know, you know, if the person's coming in, wasn't doing a job properly? And I said, right, okay, how can I make that better? Okay, this is what I can do. I can go in and check every property before we do cleaning. And that was something that we did because of all the complaints we were getting at the very, very early start of the business and the infancy of the business. So whenever I did that, then I had a lot more control because I could go into a property and say, right, okay, we will start cleaning your home or we'll start cleaning your office for X amount of hours a week. Um, but first of all, you'll need to spend additional time so we can get the building up to standard. And then that became kind of one of our, you know, one of our selling points was that then because I went in timed, because I went in timed every job, I became so good at it that that was, that was one of our specialities. So whenever, whenever it came to preparing a rota for a client, I would go in and specifically say, it'll take 20 minutes for your bathroom. It'll take, you know, 40 minutes for your, for your three offices. It'll take 35 minutes for your kitchen. And I was able to get it spot on. So every time I was creating rotas for the clients, it was, there were time specifications. So anybody who was coming in to do the cleaning, I knew if it took them four hours to do a three hour job, I knew we had a problem, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was very, very, it was very, very easy for me to create my system around all the problems that had yeah, happened yeah. in the early day. Now, thank, thankfully, thankfully, you know, we don't have that problems, but then the longer in business, you just get different problems, you know, at, at different, at different scales and you just, constantly are trying to improve and improve and improve but but the longer you're in business i i think for me anyhow the longer in business the more thick-skinned you are you know the more the more adaptable you become you know the more um you know the more you're able to change and improve and it's just constantly improving and i and I, even though i'm in business a very very long time i've never lost that uh, you know that passion I've never lost that you know that drive to always want to be the best I think when you start with that you know with that with that um goal in mind that you want to be the best you'll never lose that you know I, I always want to do better I always want to improve the company I always want to improve myself I want to improve the service you know and I and I and I and I constantly try to be better every day and I think yeah. The longer I'm doing, the better, you know, the better I'm getting, the better I'm getting, you know. A hundred percent. And do you know what? It's progression. I think prog progression seriously equals happiness. If I feel like I've went through like a, a period of time where I haven't been progressing, whether it's personally or professionally, that's when I start to feel, not, I wouldn't say down or depressed. I've, like I've never been a depressed, but I'm like, what, there's something that's not right here. There's something that's not fitting. And if you, if you have that sort of constant, never-ending, what, what the Japanese call it, can I constant, never-ending improvement, and you just want to keep getting better. And it could, some days it's your business, some days it's yourself. But whatever it is, if you're yeah. progressing in one, you're always going to, 
you're always going to feel like you're you're happy because that that's essentially what it is. If you feel like you're progressing in life, you are you're happy with your progression, and. Yeah. Certainly, I remember in the early days of Crisscross before it was what before it was even removals and storage. I remember always thinking to myself, I was like, I want to have contracts and I want to have you know schemes in place and I want to have a, a big business and I want to have staff and all this sort of stuff. And I, I'm so I had this vision in my head, but I was just so caught up with so many shiny objects, I just couldn't. I just couldn't progress at all. And then eventually I was trying to trying to do like four or five different things in one go, you know, I was trying to do like life coaching and I was like, and I was trying to do property. I was trying to do all these things. And one business hadn't even got its legs yet. And I was sitting thinking, I want to do all these things. And then eventually I just came crashing down. And then I was like, right, I need to just focus on crisscross. I need to progress in that first. And then I can come back and do all these other things later. And when crisscross started progressing, and then I started progressing, and then all of a sudden, I really started to find the feet. I think that's so important as well. You know, you, you have to have that drive from from the start. I didn't get it. I had it at the start, and then I thought I got consumed with Facebook ads and all these other things, and didn't realize that there was a money making scheme right in front of me that I already started. And it wasn't yeah. until I actually put my focus into that, and I was like. I can actually create a really, really great business here and create something really, really good for myself and for create jobs and create a great service. And, and that's what we ended up doing. So it was just um, it was just about that progression, one step at a time. There has to be a better way to do this. There has to be a better way to do that and implementing it and then moving forward because there's not a lot of help out there for service-based businesses at all, you know, for like there's no, there's not, not a lot of coaches or anything for cleaning businesses. Although you might manage to find a great mentor um, that really helped you. Yes. Yes. Um, so that, that, that's why it's, it, there's a lot of trial and error and you have to really push through a lot of shit to get, to get yes. even the three to five team members, never mind eight or nine. Funny you say that because do you know something? I don't know. I don't know what it is. And that well, I, I didn't know what it is, but then I kind of I kind of had a, a self-discovery bling moment, you know, that the light bulb was off. But I I put an ad in the yellow pages. I don't know how many years I was doing spring clean for um these pampering parties, right? So I got the business up and running. I got the business up and running and I was sitting one night with a couple of glasses of wine with the mother-in-law and my best friend. And we were like, look, we could go, you know, we go into people's houses and we could do their nails and we could, you know, do like facials and we can, you know, massage their feet and stuff. And we thought this is a brilliant idea. So um, after a few drinks and um, a couple a couple of uh, meetings later, we stuck this ad in the paper for V's pampering parties. And um, it wasn't it wasn't successful at all, thankfully, because it was kind of like you put it, you put the ad in the paper and you think it was in the other pages and you think, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? You know, because this is not going to this is not going to go according to plan. But I also was a I also was a, a tannist. I did a tanning course and I bought all the gear and I had a tent and a, a good a good friend of mine who was my neighbor uh, for 12 years and um, him and I decided we were going to open up a um, nursing home together and then I felt like I was doing all the work so I said to him this and I'm just going to take this on board myself and yeah. I got as far as a business plan and my mom actually sat me down and she was like what are you doing 
she says, you know, you've got your own business, you've got the kids, and now you're thinking you're going to be, you know, and you're, you're, you're already time poor, and now you're going to be, you know, you get the tanning business, and now you're going to be opening up um, a nursing home. She says, I think you just need to focus on one thing. And I thought to myself, right, okay, that's, that's what I'm going to do. And it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't until maybe quite a few years later that I sort of thought to myself, you know, it's so much more easier to open up a new business than what it is to finish the one you have. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, whenever I started spring clean, it was all relatively new and, you know, it was very, very daunting. And I then think I became comfortable. I got to a certain point where I was just comfortable in doing what I was doing. And I thought, right, okay, rather than getting to the next level, I'm just going to start a new business because I've already started a business and I because you know, I because I'm an entrepreneur then, because I'm an entrepreneur. That's it. Right? Yeah, I'm like, going to have multiple. I'm going to have multiple businesses, yeah. but I and maybe and maybe that's why because for a long time I started thinking, why am I in business so long? You know, why 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 am I still here where I am? And and I couldn't see the progress progression that I had made. I just seen the amount of years that I had spent doing the one business, you know, and I and I and I seen how many staff I had and I seen the, the, the bank balance and I kind of thought, you know, I should be making zillions here. I should, you know, I should be in the, in the Bahamas sipping pina coladas, you know what I mean? You know, made my money. And yeah. here I am, you know, slaving away, thinking, what have what have I done wrong? But I think procrastination definitely and it wasn't even procrastination for the small things it was the big things instead of just following through and going right I'm going to say this to the end and I think that has been you know that is that's been a, it's been a huge huge um it's been a huge boost for me it's been a huge confidence booster for me because yeah. I got over that level I haven't I haven't finished yet but I, I jumped over that level. So I think the first level for me was saying, right, okay, I'm going to just focus on one business. And then the next yeah. level was like, I'm going to finish the business, you know, yeah. and um, I'm, that's, whenever, that's I'm still in the finishing well. business. Step, but that's like two levels. It's two levels, you know, mm -hmm. and I, and I'm, I'm, at, I'm at that level and I'm just, I, you know, I, 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 I can, the end is in sight. <laughs> the end is yeah. in sight and it's exciting. And the more I say no, the more confidence I get, the mm -hmm. more confidence I get in me because I'm saying no going, I know that I'm going to get other work and I know that my time's going to be better managed doing better things. And, you know, I'm going to be able to say yes to the right clients and I'm going to be able to drive the business forward. And, you know, it just, it, it, it just does something, you know, it really, yeah. really does it, it it does something to you as as an entrepreneur um but i wish i had it done 10 years ago but yeah and it, it, this is where lack of patience comes in and like i'm guilty i've suffered from it myself you know one business is going and then all of a sudden it becomes overwhelming you think there's there's an easier way to make money there's an easier way to make money and then you jump from thing to thing to thing like i say because you're an entrepreneur but you haven't actually done anything entrepreneurial. You've just started a few businesses, but you actually haven't taken them anywhere. And just because you've started 10 businesses doesn't make you an entrepreneur. Starting a great business, whether it's a great service-based business, a great product, and taking that to a new level. And like you say, get into that next level, which is finishing the business, which is the level that we want to, that I want to get to now, which is going to take yes. a long time. That might take me five to 10 years to get to get fully done might take me might take me one year i don't know but at the moment i, I just i went through the same thing 
shiny objects and chasing them. And, and it's a really bad way to go because you realize that even if you get start selling things in your next business, you still have no systems or infrastructure in place that's going to remove you from it. And you're just going to have the same pressure, same, and then you're going to fail and you're going to start again. So it, it, it takes a really, it takes a lot of resilience and a lot of patience, I think, to, to get to that next level. And I think that's why a lot of people just don't reach it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many people out there that have their own business and there's so many people that start a business. But as you had said before to me in a conversation, there's not that many that finish off their business. You know, that's a, that's a, it's a whole different, it's a whole different a, level. It takes a real special skill set. And, and do you know what? I'm not even close to being there yet. I'm not even going to pretend like I am, but I'm definitely in the process of doing it. And that's why I look up to people like yourselves and other people who have done it, who have scaled a services business, because it's a really, really difficult thing to do. Well, if you're doing it, though, if you're doing it, you, you are doing it. You're, you, you, you have no need to look up to me, because if you're, if you're putting the processes in place and you're starting to implement that now, you're already on that journey. You're already doing that, Chris. Do you know what I mean? You've already you've already started. You're or you know you. I'm just a little bit further. I'm just a little bit further ahead than, than than what you are. Do you know what I mean? But it's it's actually it's actually taking that leap of faith to say right. Okay, I'm going to work on finishing my business. And once you take that leap of faith, you know the the, the wheels are in motion. You know mm -hmm. you're you're starting to plan and you're starting to prepare and you know you're 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 thinking of your exit strategy. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have been, I've been thinking about that now for a while and, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm thankful that I'm, that I'm nearly there. And I mean, it's exciting because once, once I get there, once I, once I finish off the business, you know, I intend to expand the business, but it means then that I'm open to start something else. You know, I, like, I would, I would and love to, and, I, and I've actually just said this recently, you know, I would love, I would love to go into, I would love to go into um, schools and, you know, um, start off a primary school, you know, to get my confidence up, but I would love to help promote integrity in business because I remember starting and everybody used to say to me, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're far too good to your team. That was the first thing people would say to people me, you're said far to too me good to your team. And even recently. Well. People said to me all the people, time. People, you know, even recently, ask. people said to me, I, you know, people said to me, you care too much. That's what your problem is. You care too much. And my man will say to me all the time, you'll never be a millionaire because you're far too honest. <laughs> I'd say to him, I'll be the first honest millionaire. And I remember, you know, I remember Chris always thinking business was cutthroat. And you know something, a lot of business people are cutthroat and there's been people who have tried to stamp me over, you know, and, and kick me in the teeth in business quite, you know, quite a few times. And I'm lucky that I do have, you know, I do have a good backbone, you know, and I'm able to hold, hold my own and stand my own ground. So while I'm really, really good to my team, I'm also not a pushover. And, you know, and even though I've been kicked in the teeth so many times and I've had so many people, you know, trying to... Um, you know, stomp me out. I, I've still stayed true to, you know, my my core, which is integrity is king, and you know, treat people really, really well. And I and I think that even though it's taken me longer on my journey, I'm hoping that I show other people, you know, that you can be really ethical in business. You can be so good to your team, 
and you can still be a massive success you know okay yes it's taken me longer and you know I think there's other obstacles that's come in my way personally but you know I would love to you know showcase that you know promote that you know encourage other people you know to be thinking you know something I'm going to do that one day I'm going to grow my business and I'm going to be really really good you know, to my team where I'm going to have a really, really reputable company. And that's, you know, and even the thought of me doing that excites me, you know, so that's something like that I could maybe do to give a little bit back, you know, I would do it for free, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to charge for it, but I can't do that while, you know, I can't do that or or pursue things like really, you know, on a, on a big scale until I finish the company. So if I finish the business, it means I can, you know, go and go into other areas. But I think even me saying that I'm going to do something like that has given me a huge confidence boost. Yeah. You know, even, thinking, even oh goodness, that, am I ready? Maybe you, I must be ready. Yeah, and even the fact that you've like you're you're so open about this online as well, which is another thing I love. Um, I try to open. Yeah, too, too open, but it, it's so good because now you're, account- yes. you're accountable to the whole of LinkedIn. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I've got to get this done. I, I'm, yes. so, I'm so, so quiet about what I do behind the scenes uh, in Crisscross because I, I, don't, I, I don't even want to start really giving proper business advice or, or tra- I, I just, I, I feel like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good operator. I feel like I'm a great, in fact, yes. I know I'm a great operator. But I, I want to I want to, yes. to have the result first and then go, right, this is how I've yes. done it. And yes. it's difficult for me to document a lot of what I'm doing behind the scenes because we've got so much in data protection. And, you know, a lot of my time is spent talking to people on the phone, names, addresses, going to people's houses. There's so much of that I just can't film. Yes. Which, 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 which is not, not great if you're trying to document your, your journey yes. and what you're doing. And, and I know for a fact that what we're doing, what I'm doing behind the scenes is we, we're trying loads of different marketing things and we're creating different types of content and we're just figuring out what works. And I just know for a fact that, and then, and then I'll be able to say, do you know what? I was able to do it, but I try not to give too much advice at the moment because people do yes. reach out and, I, and say like, what would you do here? And what would you do there? Because I don't, I just don't talk a lot about what I do in a day-to-day uh, context, but I love, I want to do more podcasts. That's one of my big goals. Do a lot more podcasts. Speak to a lot more people who are much smarter than me, and a lot, you know, a lot further along than me. Because it's just great to see that if if one person can do it, then I can do it. And the more you talk to people like that, the more confidence it gives you as well. And when you start speaking your goals aloud, and you start thinking about what you want to do, like someone asked me the other day, "Where do you want to be in the next year?" I was like, "I don't want to deal with customers at all. I don't want to talk to customers." Yes. <laughs> and, and they were like why do you not want to talk to your customers and I was like it's not that I like I love my customers and the reason I started the business but I don't want to deal with clients I want somebody who, who's really good at it I'm probably a lot better yeah. than I am yeah. um and that's that that's my one of my big goals over the next year so speak that one aloud put this one on LinkedIn right. tomorrow but um yes. you know what? I completely lost my train of thought there I don't even know how I was going to close you it. know we were talking about your grad your grad your grad I was enjoying listening to that I was enjoying listening to that Elizabeth we were talking about about... <laughs> no not at all not at all we were talking about accountability accountability, accountability. and this and this is the thing I know I know by 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 being on LinkedIn, it's not just for me accountability. I have grown so much. Do you know that? In terms of how I communicate with people, 
in terms of how I react to situations. I mean, I, I'm quite full on. Uh, my personality is, you know, Zoom. I'm, I'm, straight, I'm straight in there. Um, I went on a, on a business mentor uh, retreat for the weekend. And uh, the weekend one just guy passed? said, you're like, uh, oh, no, no, no. It was like two years ago. Do you remember Gavin Wall? I went on the, the business retreat with Gavin Wall. And um, this, this guy, this guy said, I was like, um, uh, oh, what do you call it? What do you call it? I can't even think of it now. <laughs> I can't even think of the name. It was like, uh, it's like this this character, and he's, you know, he's he's a he just into stuff. I can see him. He's got bro he's brown. He's brown. It's not a it's not Tasmanian a tsunami. Devil. It's something like that. Tasmanian devil. You're like a Tasmanian devil. You're just. <laughs> you know so it, it means it means by being in the public in the public arena so you know so often I'm I'm trying to learn to control myself to control my emotions to control you know to control how I react to certain things and being on LinkedIn has has helped me massively you know it it, de it definitely has obviously there's there's things I'm doing in the background as well and um, you know meditating and just you know self-development yeah. and, and and trying the more i work on me the better it is you, in the you you've, you've you know? hit the nail on the head there and actually that's what i was going to start talking about just as you said emotional self-controller something yes. i've really been working on and something i've got really good at and sometimes like i say earlier on if you have a problem that you need to deal with and you feel like you're in a very reactive state then take a day take two days if you need to do not react when you're in an angry emotional state, especially with a customer or with a staff member. And I've, I've only had to learn that the hard way. Um, and luckily enough, the, the people that I dealt with, I eventually went away for a couple of days and actually went, you know what? I was a real dick there. And I needed to go back and apologize. And then, do you know what? It was resolved like that. Yeah. So, so easy. And the, so I, just, I actually wanted to lead into and sort of finish off with, with lifestyle choices because you're very open about the fact that you don't drink anymore. So tell us a bit about how that came about and why, why you don't drink anymore and why you've decided to make that part of your lifestyle. Okay, well, I love the fact that you had said about five minutes ago how you like, you like being around other people who are further on than you because you think to yourself, you know, I could do that too. So I had met Gavin Wall. He then became my businessman mentor and uh, before before he Y'all was my Gavin. mentor yeah <laughs> yes. before he before he became my mentor I was actually engaging with him on LinkedIn and him and I and him and I were, were chatting and I had taken my I taken my work team out on a, a work do and uh, we won a huge contract and I brought in a policy saying I win we all win so if I was tipping over any staff we were all going to be celebrating and it was going to be a nice way to welcome in our new recruits so we all went to this we all went to Derry um, for an overnight stay and we were on the razzmatazz from about four o'clock that day. And um, I think at about two o'clock or one o'clock in the morning, me and my other my other half had a bit of a domestic in front of the staff. I was going to kill him. And I woke up the mm. next day and I was hungover and I was messaging I was messaging Gavin and he had told me he didn't drink because I'd said, look, sorry, I haven't been in contact with you. You know, we had a work day last night, I'm a bit hungover. And he texted me to say, 
he has been off the drink for like 10 years. And I thought, oh my goodness, who doesn't drink? You know, this is Northern Ireland. Everybody drinks. I couldn't believe it. And I thought, you know, I could do that. And I did. And I went off drink for um, six weeks and I drank over Christmas. It was in the Christmas period and I drank over Christmas. And I, I actually felt really, really defeated whenever I poured my first drink, you know, down my throat because I thought, I was doing so well and I felt so good and you know I thought you know this is not for me so yeah. it was a new year's eve I decided to know something I'm going to give up the drink again and it wasn't even Chris I wouldn't have been a big drinker and um, my children have never seen me drunk I've never been drunk in front of my children and um, I would have drank a glass of wine so but I would have drank all like, I would have drank small the, I would have drank all like what's the point you know it's well, almost like what's the point even well, that's it I mean What's the point in even drinking? Well, do you know something? I, I I went off I went off drink on New Year's Day, and that was nearly two two and a half years ago. And honest to goodness, I have never looked back, and I and I don't think I would ever go back on the drink again because I could remember Chris. I would have been sitting in the office, maybe you know, maybe uh, maybe working all day, working in the evening and thought, I'll just have a wee glass of wine. And I'd be sitting at my desk with a wee glass of wine and I'd maybe send this email to a client and I'd maybe send a few things that I maybe shouldn't be saying. And I mean, I can remember clients even saying, you know, Vicky, what was that, that email about? And I said, and I had to apologize and say, listen, sorry, I had a wee glass of wine last night. So it, it, it clouds your judgment you know it makes you it makes you react to situations and and and, you know sometimes sometimes you view things in a negative way sometimes you see the worst in a situation you know and sometimes you're you know even if you've had a couple of glasses of wine the next day you're maybe groggy you know you you don't have the same tolerance levels you know Mm -hmm. that's what i find massive even being a parent even being a mom I have a lot more tolerance for my children. You know, I, I, I'm the one way. Yes, okay, fair enough. I'm a bit of a, you know, I'm a bit of a, a Tasmanian devil, you know, but I, I, I'm the same Tasmanian devil, you know. Yeah. Whereas with the drink, you were kind of, you were up and down, up and down. And and I honestly feel that it has, it has given me a huge boost. I could not see me taking the business to this stage or being at this stage where I'm at if I had been drinking, you know, yeah. I think, I think it is a total game changer. I think if you're serious about your business um, if you're serious about your business and you want to take it all the way, you near, ser- you seriously need to think about your lifestyle. You need it. Oh, you need absolutely. to look at your lifestyle because yeah. you know, that's like f- 15 years. So that was, that was me 15 years. I drank in business for 15 years. And then the last the last two, nearly two and a half years, the business has just—it's—it's it's just gone to gone to a different place. Yeah, and that's because you're you're in a great place. You know, I, the, I, I've kind of went through something similar with drinking. Now I haven't quit drinking at all, but I, I don't really drink much anyway. I'll go for a celebration. You know, the odd night out with the staff, like maybe once a year. You know, the odd night here with the family. I don't drink recreationally, so I never, I would never just come in and go, I fancy a beer. I would always have a cup of tea or a cup of chamomile tea these days because tea makes you not sleep at night. Um, (laughs) But I I mean, if I was going, I was going for the session. I was going for the, I was going for the rip. Um, And 
you know, but that, that led to other things that led to all night parties, it led to drugs, it led to all sorts. And I find myself doing the same thing for the first few years of business, yeah. up and down, up and down. If I went out on a session, I didn't want to speak to clients, customers, staff. I didn't want to do anything for at least four days. I wouldn't want to post on social media. I didn't want to speak to I just wasn't myself. So try, mm-hmm. getting rid of that, you know, especially the drugs aspect um, was, was a major thing. Now I can actually go out and have a few drinks. I can actually go out and get myself quite, like it was my birthday last Saturday. I ended up my brothers, ended up quite tipsy, quite drunk. Yeah. Even though I got home late, I woke up the next day with a bit of a hangover. But I got up and I had a couple of glasses of water, re- readjusted, not do what I normally do yes. on, on a day-to-day basis. And then by like one o'clock, I was okay again. But then I was tired later on that night. But it, the next day I got up after that, I was fine. I was good to go again. So yeah. I think you have to really have a look at what... What, what what role does alcohol play in your life are you drinking it as a stress management technique so if you're thinking i've had a stressful day i want to have a glass of wine if your mind and body are associating alcohol with stress relief then once that gets locked in your subconscious mind that becomes very difficult to break mm-hmm. i'm quite lucky in the fact that when i have a drink it's more of a celebration like it was my birthday it was my girlfriend's birthday on monday she even woke up uh, the day after her birthday which was yesterday when we went to the Galgorm, she was like I've completed hangovers if I just have a few drinks I'm fine <laughs> and we went to the Galgorm yesterday having, after a few drinks the night before we were still buzzing so Lovely. I just think it's really important to accept what what the negative things in your life what role do they actually play and if I've noticed that I do something because of stress or because of a negative mindset or because of a negative emotion then you have to really assess why why that's in your life and assess whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. And that's that's how I changed my relationship with alcohol because I used to go out alcohol, coke, everything at the weekends. Yes. And that was to finish off a stressful week. It wasn't mm-hmm. to celebrate a good week. It was, I've had such a week, five o'clock, boom, let's go. And, and it was just, once I changed that relationship, it was so much easier for me to, 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 to quit those bad things and I've, I've really considered going off drinking myself I really have but I, I, do you know what I, I feel like I've got it under such control it doesn't it doesn't negatively impact me anymore it probably does in some sort of way but I still if I have a drink one or two drinks on a Saturday night then I'll get up on a Sunday I'll still go to the gym I'll still get all my shit done and I'll be ready to go on Monday morning yes. whereas before if I'm out on a Saturday night I wasn't myself till at least Wednesday and that's I think that's the difference just finding out what the relationship is with it and and being able to adjust or quit based on that see I think for me I'm afraid in case I take one drink and then, and then I'm back you know honest to goodness I think I my personality is all or nothing you know even whenever I give up the drink my best friend is going to fall out with me and she was like why can't you be normal like everybody else? You know, you, you know, you're, 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 you're having a glass of wine every day. Why can't you just have a glass of wine at the weekend like everybody else? You know, yeah. but I think that I am just, that's my personality. I'm all or nothing. And I am afraid in case I slip back into my old ways. And, and don't get me wrong, like one glass of wine probably doesn't sound like a lot, you know, but if you're drinking four, four or five nights a week, one glass of wine, it, it does. It, it actually it actually does have an impact and whenever I went out on the razzmatazz I mean I would have drank a shot bottle of champagne when I was getting ready not that you don't go out that often when you're three kids 
But when you do go out, you know the crack yourself. Chris, you headed, you headed, you headed a buck. So that's, why would I drive a bottle of champagne? That's celebration of not having kids. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is. Whereas now, I mean, now what I do, like I find it, this, this is this is what I did. Did, did I ever tell you the story how how I give up alcohol? No. How I give up alcohol was I used to buy myself bottles of slur and put them in the freezer. And then whenever my mom was having a drink, I would get the slur out and whatever glass he had, I had to have a bigger glass. I don't know what that was, but I oh, he had a glass of gin this size, my glass of gin was that size. So um, I started drinking slur and it kind of felt like, you know, just you were, you were, you were drinking, you had that drink in motion. And then what I did was I played rave music and I danced for about a month. So I would have come home from work and my kids and partner were looking at me like I wasn't half wise. I was dancing about my kitchen to rave music because I obviously needed something to just get that, get that emotion. I, I would have come home and had a glass of wine and that would have completely de-stressed me. Whereas I was coming home going slur, it, it, it feels good, but it's just not doing it for me. So the dance music actually really, really helped. And that's, and that's what, that's what, that's what got me over alcohol. <laughs> I should bottle that and sell it. Do you know that? Bottle that and sell it. it is, slur it. and dance music. Honestly, goodness, the road to pioneership. <laughs> yeah, whatever works for you. Some people it's 12 steps, other people it's rave music. Who'd have thought? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do, do you have any other, like, I know obviously you've quit drinking, but do you have any other, like, mindset rituals, morning rituals, or things that you do on a day-to-day basis to, to keep yourself performing at your best level? Um, okay, so I try to plan my day. That it, I try to plan my day the night before, and I be very, very specific and very detailed. So I, I aim to get up at 6 in the morning, and I set aside 10 minutes for yoga. I'll set aside 10 minutes for meditation. I'll set aside 10 minutes for possibly reading. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always go according to plan, but at least if you have some sort of some sort of plan in motion, the chances are you, you will follow through. And then I plan getting the girls up, get girls ready for school, you know, bringing them to do their school run. And then when I come back, I structure, I structure my day, Chris. And that's something that I did whenever I worked in an office and um, was because because whenever I worked in an office before um, and when I was working for other people, there were so many grown in me, I had to prioritize it. So I thought it was a very, I, I still believe it's a very, very good way to prioritize your day. Mm-hmm. I'd always leave like 10 minute gaps in between, you know, for, for phone calls and different things. And even though I don't even though I don't stick to it sometimes regimentally, I mean, I got up this morning and I couldn't get out of bed. You know, I, I had snooze on my phone, you know, maybe about maybe about eight times. But I know when I get up tomorrow, because because I because I missed my morning slot and I didn't do what I planned to do. I know when I get up tomorrow, I will be annoyed at myself today. So my structure, I will I will follow through. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I do try to. I do try to plan the day what I'm doing. Um, is there any other rituals? I I try to I try to listen to my body. I think that's a huge thing for me. Um, you know, if if I'm sitting in the office, sometimes my eyes will get sore, you know, from from looking at the screen or 
you know, sometimes I'm just my, my I'm not in the zone, and if I'm not in the zone, Chris, I I just I just go and do something. I'll 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 go and I'll go for a cycle. I'll go and visit my mom. I'll go down and visit my aunt. Um, but I just remove myself from the office because I just think this is a waste of time. I'm I'm going yeah. to spend all my day sitting in the office. I'm not going to get anything done. I'm not in the zone. I'm not feeling it. And 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 I just and I just say no. This this is not working for me. But then what happens is. See when I'm in the zone, right? There's, do you know that magic, that magical day you get where you just are firing in all cylinders. Fuck See when I'm in the zone, I just work right through to me. Like, <laughs> I, I, I worked at eleven, twelve o'clock at night because I'm just. I, yeah, see on. there is there is days when i'm in the zone I, I i just keep going you know i i know there's sometimes i will get more work done in one day than i would get done in an entire week yeah. when i'm in that mindset so i i try to listen i try to listen to my body i remember when i first started the business and i look back and i think oh my goodness my mother would have helped me with my son whenever whenever he was born and in the early days i would have been in my office five days a week and I would have got very, very little work done because I would yeah. have spent it procrastinating, looking at different things. And 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 now, as you get older, because of the kids you've had, you know, whenever I'm in the office, it has to be productive, you mm-hmm. know. So um, I don't know whether that's because I'm planning the day or whether that's you just you just learn over the years, you know. You you learn over the years. It's um, it's not it's not the amount of time that you have. It's what you do whenever yeah. you have it. Absolutely. And I, I had one of those days today, straight back from the Galgorm. I knew I had work to do. And I, do you know what? The fact that I had to do it gave me the momentum to just start. And then once I made those first few phone yes. calls, it was like, right, boom, let's do payroll next. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do that. The next thing was yeah. five o'clock and I'm just folding blankets downstairs. <laughs> and I, I don't Brilliant. know how to do that. So uh, yes. it's just, well, yeah, I, I completely agree. I listen to myself. And I know, I know myself better than anybody. And I know that if I don't do certain things, it doesn't have to be a specific morning routine. But there, if I either, you know, I like to get up, I like to get, a, I like to get the day started with some high priority work, just something that's going to push me or the business forward. Anything, it could be something stupid. As long as I do that one thing every single day, then I'll move into, you know, don't have to dispatch the team anymore. I've just passed that off. So then I would move into either exercising or walking the dog. One of those two things, if I don't do one of those two things in the morning or both, if I have time, yes. uh, then it just gets me in a, in a bad place. And if I do all those things in the morning, then I can only be like a couple, two to three hours max. Then I'm ready. I'm ready to go down and attack the day. I know whatever, whatever the day throws at me, then I'm, re- I'm ready for it because I've, I've got yes. the important things done. Yeah. I'd so, say a lot of people, well, I remember, you know, being in a in a business networking group, and a lot of people would have always said that sometimes, you know, if you're doing really well in business, that your personal life is not great, or if you're doing really really good on your personal life, your business is not great. And whenever I look back over the years, it, it probably has been a little bit like that. You know, the scales kind of have have been up and down. Whereas I think now. Whenever, whenever I'm listening to my body, and I think now I'm a wee bit older and a wee bit wiser, a wee bit longer in business, that I realize that you know I have to, I have to put the effort, the way, the way I structure my business and the way I run my company, I have to make sure that I'm putting as much time into my family life 
Mm-hmm. You know, I have to, I have to spend time with my girls, you know, and I'm, I'm a son. I have to, I have to be present. I have to, you know, even I know. And there has to be progression. For example, in those if I maybe have two days. Yeah. Absolutely. I know, like, if, if I'm sitting here two days and I haven't, you know, I haven't seen my mum, I'll have to go up and spend a couple of hours with my mum, you know, because I know that even though it's taken me away from work, I know that I'll, I'll, I'll feel you know, I'll, I'll not feel guilty. I'll feel as if, you know, I've, I've contributed, you know, to the family. And then whenever I come back in to do work, I feel better in myself. And, you yeah. know, it, it's about, it's about, it's about, it's about feeling, feeling whole. It's about getting that wholesome. If you're, yeah. if you're, you know, if you're, if you're, if your family life is, is going well and, you know, everything at home it is good, then it's, it's going to impact your business. Whereas if you're, you know, I would have been fair. Whenever I started working, I, I was a workaholic. I mean, I was in, in my in my office and 24-7 on the phone constantly, an absolute workaholic, you know, and my 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 home life wasn't great, you know, um, and 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 something has to give, you know, whereas I was spending a lot of my time in business but not being productive, you know, not being and because I wasn't productive, when you're not productive, then you have to spend more time. Whereas now I, I try to I try to put as much time into my home life, as much time into my business, and as much time into me, you know. And whenever 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 you're separating your whenever you're separating your time into those three areas and realizing that everyone is as important, you know. Like I only started paying myself um, last year, you know, for the first time. I mean, that should have been I should have been paying myself. You know, yeah, you I should see. have been the first person to be paid myself. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. 16 yeah. years in business and I never, never even paid myself. I never took a wage. I just would have, would have taken whatever surplus money is there. Um, but, but it's important that you, that, you, that you take time for yourself as well as the business and as well as the family. Absolutely. And if you focus, you know, sort of trying to slip in those three areas, you know, yes, you'll have bad days in business. Yes, sometimes I'll fall a moment she'll do my bapping you know mm-hmm. but then you know you take the rough with a smooth and and a whole if, if if you if you put your energy into those three areas then i think that your business will do really well listen to me give it out give it out <laughs> entrepreneurial advice but that's, guru. that's you're, a guru you're, you're a guru guru <laughs> guru after this podcast that's it i'm changing my linkedin profile Chris guru and now guru See if you get a 400 <laughs> followers off the back of this. this, this podcast. <laughs> I'm taking credit for the birth of your reputation. <laughs> love it, love it. So, no, look, I, 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 like, I really, really love that answer. That was unbelievable and a great way to finish off a podcast. So finally, just, just to wrap up, where can people find you? Where can we find, find out about Victoria McMahon and your business, Spring Clean NI? No. Well, we are in the middle of a rebrand, so we're changing our name from Spring Clean NI Limited to McMacken Commercial Clean and Limited. Right, yeah. But you will find us, we have a website, and you will find me on LinkedIn under Victoria McMacken. So please hook up with me, add me, and um, get connected, and uh, follow me because get ready um, for I'm, the madness. Whoever does decide yay! to follow me, <laughs> embrace it, embrace it. <laughs> no, look, thank embrace you. It like that was an amazing conversation like as we always do so thank you very much thank you chris thank you for having me on privilege this is my first ever podcast um i'm absolutely delighted i'm delighted so 
chop the bits. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The C. McGee Show. Please be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to connect with Chris, you can find him on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at McGee 90 and on LinkedIn at McGee one